WCB Podcast, your source for all things Chicago Blackhawks and everything hockey, with your host, Jeremy Tanner. All right, it's another edition of the WCB Podcast. It's Jeremy Tanner. What's up, bud? Nothing much, man. You know, just an actual good week of hockey. I know. Is this what? Is this what? confidence and and pride in your team feels like yeah well we know what it feels like <laughs> we haven't felt it in a while <laughs> i said i confirm it was still the same feeling i wasn't yeah really misunderstanding it here i think um, it's a it's like that 2008 2009 feeling where you're like oh we were bad for a while but like hey <laughs> oh look at this <laughs> it's i think the feeling's more nostalgic now at this point which is pretty cool because nostalgia hits different you know Oh, hell yeah. Um, lots, lots to talk about. You got the Welcome to the Reichel show. You got Stalock or Stalock, which I guess we've been saying it wrong or I've been saying it wrong. I don't know how you pronounce it. I mean, I say Stalock. Stalock, Stalock. I don't know. It's what It doesn't matter. I think Chris Foster is called um, Soderbloom, something different, like every single every game. Single, so I don't every really- single period, it <laughs> felt like. I call him Soder Bomb, and he's like Soder Bloom, Soder Bloom, Soder Bloom. I'm like, all right, dude, just relax. <laughs> but so he had a had a little bit of a game himself. Uh, we got some Caner news, which is um, it's getting kind of weird and interesting a little bit. A lot of different stuff out there, implications possibly. It's so it's a, it's a nice little thing to kind of look down here with a little bit of a time off between games. Pots played three games since the last time we record. We got our all-star, and I don't understand it. Um, we'll get to it in a second there here. but um, And then, yeah, we'll always wrap it up with some NHL questions. And I have a little bit of a riding pine question for you. Uh, oh, cool. So let's kick it off with the Hawks' three games. Um, as we were recording last week, they were playing Tampa Bay. We congratulate, or Tanner congratulated Stamkos on his 500 career goals. The bum couldn't even put one up. Uh. I mean, everybody's setting milestones against the Hawks, and this guy just couldn't put two goals in. Are you kidding me? He did get an Whatever. assist, though. So he was able to get assist. Uh, it doesn't matter. You want to talk about? You want to talk about milestones, though? There was a big one this game. Four minutes and fifty seconds into the game, Seth oh. Jones puts the puck in the net. Why is that such a big goal? It was a power play goal. Cool. Why does it matter as a power play goal in a dog shit season? I'll tell you why. It is the first power play goal by a Blackhawks defenseman in a hundred and twenty-four games. Holy <laughs> that's, shit! That's hilarious. I wonder. I want to know how many days that is because that's was the shortened season two years ago, right? So yeah. it was like it could have been like the beginning of the shortened season. Yeah, because last year was wasn't last year the first eighty-two game season. Yeah, COVID and all that. So it was the it was during the season that started in in January. So it was like the fifty-six game season. Yeah. Holy so it, shit! It was almost like two full years because you're that, that like, season, hey, you're that season started in January. So it would have been like late January, early February. Holy shit! That's not good. No. <laughs> Yeah, and if, and if I'm remembering it correctly, didn't he score it too? Like in front of the net, like he wasn't yeah. even from the fucking point. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was standing like next to the crease. 
Oh my god, that's hilarious. But yeah, Seth Jones, second goal of the year. Big numbers. Big numbers. Remember those numbers when we get later into the into the episode here. Right. Assist from Radish and Domi with his 14th assist. Uh then it was all Tampa, but not really though. I remember now I'm kind of remembering things. I know it feels like it's been a week. Well, it has been a week since this game, but it was a it was a fairly close game. Um all the way until like the third period where halfway Tampa through the third three. Yeah. Yeah. Scoreless second. It was one one after the first. Uh Patty Maroon tied it up. Then no goals in the second. And then the first half of the third period, it was still pretty close. And then I think Tampa was like, oh shit, you know, we're the lightning. This is not the same Blackhawk team we lost the cup to. Oh yeah, they they didn't look like the dominant Tampa Bay Lightning for like a majority of the game. Like the Hawks were staying with them, which was like cool, great. I'm glad you're doing that. But I just was surprised that it lasted as long as it did. Really, were the Hawks staying with them, or was Tampa Bay letting them play with them? I don't think that they came to even play. Um, and then they so decided to just win it at the end. The amount of hockey this team's played over three years, and then they see dead last Chicago Blackhawks are probably like, "We're gonna win this game. Let's let's chill a little bit." Yeah, I think they took it a little easy. Uh, Kalorn scores, Hagel scores, Nicholas Paul scores. Um, cool for Hagel to get a goal back in Chicago on the power play too. Yeah, he got two points, goal and assist. Love Hagel. Yeah, but I mean the trade was great. So <laughs> yeah. What's um another thing that really stood out for me for this game is just it'll be the theme over the next three or the other two games too, but it's Stalock. Mm-hmm. The how many times this season has he kept the Hawks within striking distance in games that they had no business being close? Yeah, like, I mean he's been playing stellar. If he didn't get hurt, like I mean, we might have won like a couple more games during that time, but it's nice to see he's picked up right where he left off and he kind of has been really consistent. He uh 25 for 28. Um, so the fourth goal was empty net. Uh he even got a penalty this game. Good. <laughs> interference. Yeah, he got interference penalty in the third, which I think was what led to the Hagel goal. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm cur- oh, oh yeah, yeah, because yeah. he got <laughs> Kalord cross-checked him. <laughs> so it wasn't. It wasn't a power play, was it? Oh no! no. It out. They, they yeah, out. it was. I think it was the Kachuk penalties where Hagel scored. Fucking Boris, man, doesn't do anything. Anytime, like I hear his name, it's like he's doing something stupid, throwing the puck up the middle for a to give up a goal, taking stupid penalties. Fuck you, Boris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Hots dropped that one four to one. And well, we we're expected. I yeah. How many been... how many L's was that in a row? That was, I believe, six. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. They were what thirteen uh, losses out of the last fourteen games at that point. It's not too bad. Not too bad. I mean, that's pretty good if you're uh, if you're looking for you know top First round overall pick. pick. Overall <laughs> pick. Yeah. Then we go to Friday. Uh, Coyotes in town. Blackhawks make the announcement that they put uh Kara and who was it, Entwistle on LT or not LTIR IR called up. 
uh, Brent Senny, Senny. Yeah. Also, they called up Lucas Reichel. Uh, oh, yeah. This happened. Uh, now, here's the big difference about this one. Reichel got called up earlier this season. He got called up same day, had to fly from Rockford to New Jersey, missed the morning skate, got thrown into the lineup, and got sent immediately right back down to Rockford following it because he was in the Rockford lineup the next day. Yeah. I believe they got called up on Wednesday or Thursday. So they were able to skate with the team. They were able to relax. They were able to, you know, not feel rushed and all that. And and I'm bringing that up because it was it was noticeable. Um, I know you couldn't watch this game because of lovely blackout restrictions. Yeah, I'm in Arizona's <laughs> blackout market. Um, I was at the game. Hell yeah! And from his very first shift, everything you expected and wanted from from Reichel, it looked like it was finally clicking. Mm. Dude, he <laughs> was flying out there. He was just walking defensemen with his speed. He had he probably should have had a hat trick this game. The amount of times that he got in there and he hit the post, I think twice. Oh um, damn. Just got robbed on the on another one. Like the confidence he was having, he was stepping up into into defensive shots off of faceoffs, like knew exactly, you know, where to be in the defensive zone when, when the Hawks lost a draw. He knew where to be, where to go, and was putting himself in the right situation. His awareness when he's jumping on the ice, finding the puck, finding where he needs to be. The puck was finding him. Dude, it was so upsetting that we did not get to see his first career NHL goal that day because he fucking wanted it. And he was feeling it. it. He was feeling it. And it was even more noticeable because it wasn't the best hockey out there that day. You mean it's Blackhawks, Arizona Coyotes? Two bottom tier teams. <laughs> yeah. And it was so, there was times where it was like, okay, Blackhawks were just dominating. The, I think the first period they outshot them like six, uh, 20, or not 20, 12 to five, I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was some ridiculous. And then of course the fifth shot in the first period for Arizona almost goes in and it was just one of those typical, like, Oh my God, Blackhawks dominate this entire game and Arizona gets one bounce and they're going to win this game. One, nothing. No, like that's exactly what it felt. Uh, <laughs> no goals in the first period. Uh, second period starts off pretty slow. That's when it was really sloppy. It was just neutral zone play, puck going back and forth. Nobody wanted to go in the zone. Um, finally, the Hawks get on the board. Jake McCabe gets his second of the season. Um, he's having a fucking fantastic year, man. He is yeah. really playing great. It's crazy because it's like, like with a team that's not doing so well offensively, he's a And we're back. The <laughs> <laughs> saying was... Uh, yeah, Jake McCabe having a great season, and I was saying it was it's because it's his play doesn't really show up on the score sheet, but it's impressive for a team that's not so offensively talented on the like on the scoreboard for sure for him to be a plus six on a team that's basically all minuses. Yeah, it's insane. Like in like you don't really notice because like what he, like I said he, what he does doesn't isn't a score sheet thing. Man, and so. And I get so annoyed when people say like they're like, oh, it doesn't really matter or doesn't show up on the score sheet. It's like, dude, that's a huge part of the game, though. It's right. like 
yeah, points and all that's awesome, but there's so much more to it. Like, not everybody needs to be a point guy. Yeah. I mean, one of the best players in the NHL doesn't score a point ever, Andre Vasilevsky. So, <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but uh, he's having a fantastic year, and I think he's really up in his trade value. Yeah. Traded value. <laughs> and, and it'll be interesting, too, because, I mean, he's got, he'll have two years left at $4 million per. I think so, that's a great I mean, contract. It's not a bad contract, and it's just a matter of it's are you willing to bet that this is really his play, or is it like one of those lucky seasons, like he's just looking really good because he's on a bad team? Honestly, I think it's just one of those, like he's at that age where he's hit his stride. He's been in the NHL for – it's crazy because I feel like he's been in the NHL for a lot longer, but he's only played 464 games. He's hurt a lot, though. Yeah, because of the way that he plays. Yeah. Um, but he's kind of like that age of just like, okay, like I've done this enough. I know what I'm doing. He's it's the defenseman thing where it's like they get better, and it takes longer for them to get to better. And he's kind of hit that mark where it's like he's solid, and it just took him a while to get there. And uh, it's just it's good shit. He um uh, he had twenty. 20- one minutes and 52 seconds of ice time on, on that Friday game too. So it's definitely being seen. I know he's partnered with Seth Jones. So, I mean, he's going to get a lot of minutes. Yeah. Uh, speaking of trade with him though, he, it sounds like he would veto any trade to Canada. McCabe would. Yeah. So, Oh, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. Know. Like who, I don't know what Canadian team would be trading for him other than like, Toronto is always, but I mean, Toronto's connected to everybody. I feel like, oh, somebody, yeah. oh, Toronto wants them. Except like, for the fact that I feel like Toronto's only connected to guys that like put points up. I just, like, they're, they're never really, I guess, never mind, because they had traded for Labushkin last year. Toronto and New Jersey, I feel, are like connected to every single prospect or not prospect, like available player. It's a free agent. Yeah. Oh, Toronto or New Jersey is looking at them. You're going to trade for him? Oh, I was going to say, like, Jersey. Edmonton. I could see Edmonton wanting somebody because they just aren't good at keeping the puck out of their net. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, other than those two, like, Calgary's not – I don't think Calgary's good enough. But they have, like, solid defense in Calgary. They, I don't Calgary know is – they're, start, they're starting to figure it out. Um, So that's why – Oh, yeah, sure. Weird, but – um, They're starting to figure it out. Besides the fact that they fucking lost to the Hawks on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> um. Anyway, back to back to the back to this Arizona game, real quick. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. They fucking won, and Stalock again impressive. He actually gets the team's first shot out of the year. Um, saves. Yeah, and like they're good. There's plenty of really good saves that he made. Um. Tenth career shutout too, by the way. So. Milestone. There's a milestone. There's a milestone. <laughs> There's a milestone. There you go. Um, yeah, man. It's good shit. Yeah. It's a, a good good game by him. And it's just getting fun to watch Staylock play. And the, the good thing is, too, like, I'm sure some team's going to probably want him at the deadline. And as and much yeah. as I like to keep Staylock, like, we don't need to keep Staylock because mm-hmm. we're trying to lose. And if we can get, like, a third, I would say a third. A second at best, like for um, some team that like maybe they're having injuries, aka like Pittsburgh. I'm looking at the roster that played on Friday. Yeah. Reichel, Ian Mitchell, 
everybody else, yeah, you can get something for them. Like, I, I'm not committed to this team, you know, like the players on this team. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, yeah, it'd be cool if they, they're around, but if we can get something of value for them, right? Like, knowing, like, just knowing that core that's being built, that's playing junior hockey, that's playing college hockey right now, that's playing Rockford, that's just slowly molding and getting yeah. ready. It's like, hey, quicker we can we can move those guys up, the better. And less of a hurdle in front of them kind of thing. Like, I don't know. I know it's kind of a weird way to put it, but. We have, like, all these guys that we can get pieces in return for that would be, be the team that we're looking at. Sure, so, yeah. but I want to keep Reese Johnson, though, too. Uh, yeah, Reese Johnson. Yeah, I love Reese. <laughs> um, and then, we, yeah, Tyler Johnson, empty neck will make it 2 nothing in that game. Um, all right. Then Sunday. The continuation of the Reichel show um, finally gets on the board. His first career goal. Yeah. Fuck, man. I actually I got to watch this game and I was so stoked. I didn't, I missed that goal because I didn't realize the game had come on and I was like, oh shit, his first goal. And not only that, but like the Hawks do not score in the first period, let alone in the first five minutes of the game. Right. So that was all just a miracle. But they did a few <laughs> out of the three games this week. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, the crazy thing too is like I watching the highlight. I didn't even notice in the highlight, but he he went between his own legs. Yeah, he picked off the rebound. This was so weird. Yeah, he picked up Seth Jones' rebound and just one nice little. I mean, it wasn't like holy shit, bar down between legs, but it was like, no. hey, you you put this. You're smart enough to like not try to like turn to Give like himself the best him. shot. Yeah, and he all he needed was a, essentially a tap in. Uh, yeah. So yeah, which which luckily it. it I think Markstrom just didn't get enough because it hit his arm like pretty solidly and then just snuck underneath it. But yeah, so Reichel, congratulations, kid. Let's go. Let's keep it up. Uh, Lindholm ties it up pretty quickly uh, about six minutes later after that on the power play. Uh, Hawks power penalty kill just wasn't feeling it this game. They were two for three. Uh, Calgary was two for three on the power play. Um, but a lot of back and forth scoring, and then another guy first goal of the season, uh, Colin Blackwell. Yeah, I think Colin Blackwell's been playing really well this season too. I actually like I, I. Whenever he has the puck, I'm like, okay, he might be able to do something here. <laughs> I just believe in him. I don't know. There's a lot of times where he like just makes a nice quick move and gets it in his own, gets it deep. Like he does a lot of smart things, and he just hasn't been rewarded. And it's been one of those like themes of the season of guys being like snake bitten and like he finally puts one in just off a rebound like wide open net and I was just like all right there you go maybe that's like the monkey off his back and maybe he gets a few more here in the next few games but it's really good to see his like hard work being finally rewarded because like I said man that he he's out there and he's really noticeable and I'm pretty glad we have him just glad he's finally getting on the board yeah um so that ends the second period two to one or sorry the first period two to one Second period kicks off 35 seconds in another guy who's been really working his ass off and, and it hasn't been producing a lot, but it was good to see him get on the board again. Kershaw put his fifth goal of the season. In. Yeah. He's getting a lot more shots off this year too. And you can see that he, he wants to produce more offensively and watching this game, like Kershaw and Reichel, like they're starting to have like some chemistry. They like, were talking. So they were talking. Yep. I don't know if you saw the, the I didn't see it. Yeah, I did so see they it. were saying Kershev speaks four different languages, and German is one of them. 
so and they speak together in German. Yeah, so and Michael, yeah, sit yeah. there talking German. Like that's fucking awesome. Like to have that kind of connection is like un- unbelievable. So that's like maybe I got to add Kershaw to the list of don't trade him if yeah that's they, gonna click. They were finding each other like the entire game. And this it goal was, too, this it was crazy. Yeah, this goal too is the patience that uh, Reichel showed, holding it, holding it, and then giving it over to froze, froze Markstrom. Yep, and just slid it over to Kershaw, who essentially just he, had well, half he threaded it between two sticks as well. There was two yeah. defenders between them, and he was just like perfect pass right on to Kershaw's twig. So the Calgary actually, after that goal, pulled Markstrom, who lit up three goals, I think, on 11 shots. Yeah, it was like 11 or 12 shots or something. Not a good performance. 11, you're right. Yeah, um, Calgary was like, oh, fuck. Then, like, literally 30 seconds later, uh, Huberto puts it up to make it 3-2. to two, And then midway through the second, Kadri puts a power play goal to make it 3-3. Three, three. Those were both just kind of, like, broken plays. Like, guys were lost. I think on the Huberto goal... It was, it was off a faceoff, and then I don't know. I think it was Tyler Johnson that was right next to him, and he just started skating towards like a breakout, and then Huberto just had it all alone in front of the net. And then Kadri was kind of like this a similar situation where it was maybe a little bit of a broken play, but he was just in the slot and just had it alone on the power play. I was like, okay, <laughs> just and it was like the penalty kill just had like a total like brain fart there. Like they just kind yeah. of forgot what they were doing. Yeah, it's like oh fuck. Dude, um, fucking Dan Vladar, when he came in after Markstrom went left, like he made a lot of huge saves too. Yeah, he he was looking good out there. Like I was I was thinking we were gonna end up losing this game because he was getting he was making a lot of really good saves. Oh yeah, I mean 13 of 14, his one it's the overtime was the overtime. I mean a nine uh nine two nine save percentage. Like Calgary is lucky that they have this guy, you know, essentially bailing them out because Back, uh, Backstrom, Markstrom, Markstrom is just yeah. not after last year, phenomenal season, and he's just he cannot figure it out this year. He's no shutouts. I was kind of surprised by that one. Like he had, what, yeah, he had years? like yeah, he had ten last year, and yeah, and, and he had like six at this point of the season last year. <laughs> so because he had two in like the first week, fucking ridiculous, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Markstrom and what's going on with Calgary, but. Obviously, this game is not going to be confidence booster for them. Um, although I think they won last week or last night or the other night. Maybe. I don't know. But going to overtime, a uh, minute in, Reichel. Oh, God. This is he just walks a defenseman, gets the puck over the Dome, who does a nice little power move from the corner. Yeah. Run that and fucking force his way to the net, puts it in. And I just love Domi getting up and like, fuck yeah, like just screaming, fuck yeah, like, yeah. let's go. Like, God, I'm like, you think that this was like a playoff clinching goal or something, like how it fucking jacked Domi got. It was, it was kind of crazy, like the way the broken play kind of happened because Domi like ended up falling down. Reichel ends up picking it up, coming off the bench. And then just the patience that he has and just threads the needle to Domi and then the fact that he didn't just fire it right away, decided to hold it and cut across the crease and yeah. just buried it far side on like a dive. It's like, oh my God, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> like, this is yeah, great. <laughs> it's like shades of like vintage Kane watching Reichel the, these past two games. Like, Dude, Kane who? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> 
but man, they've just capped off a three point night for fucking Lucas Reichel. It's just like, oh shit, is that the coming out party? Because like, I'm down. Like he's so good. He's so fucking good. I and it's like even if even if he doesn't, I mean, he's not gonna keep that pace up. Like he's he's gonna have bad games, and it's not gonna be all oh shit, let's go. You know, moments for him. But I think what this what you really need to take out of the whole Reichel situation is a lot, there was a lot of questions about him not being with his team already. And, and really what was he going to get out of playing down in Rockford? I mean, we saw like, what was it? 11 games last season. Yeah. And at one point he just seemed like, a, I mean, he was playing third, fourth line minutes. He looked like a non-factor out there when he was on there. Yes. You, you have a train. He had a decent training camp. They tell him, hey, hey, your offensively is great, but, you know, you got to work on X, Y, Z, like, you know, your defensive zone and your two-way hockey game. He goes down to Rockford. He's tearing up down in Rockford. He just got named. Well, I mean, we we're gonna, I was going to mention earlier, but he just got named AHL All-Star yep. and puts up 36 points in Rockford. It's doing the work, trying to improve, and comes up, and it's showing. And and this is what why people need to be patient and and let things develop the way that they need to be. The kid's 20 years old. Yeah, I mean, people got to realize that, like, me, being in the NHL is not always the best option for some of our, like, up-and-coming talent. 100%. And, like, that just goes to show, like, yeah, he could have played on the team. Like, the team's not going to be good. But, like, having him in the NHL and – bringing him up now because Kaner was hurt, like giving him that opportunity and, and in those situations, like to replace what Kaner was doing. And he just fucking took it and ran. Like, it's so good to see. I just, Oh man, I can't wait to watch more of him, but like more of his game. And the fact that like, hopefully he's not one of like (laughs) Bowman's first round picks that uh, Davidson ends up trading away. Yeah. He's the last one, isn't he? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's the yep. he's the last first round pick that we have, besides this previous year, because it was Kirby. <laughs> oh no, Nolan Allen, Nolan Allen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the other one we have. And I think he'll get traded. I had to just be honest. <laughs> I think I think so. I think there's just too many. There's too much of a log jam down there. And if if he's got potential and they don't. I just think he's he might be the first one that they're like, okay, we need to move a defensive prospect. He's gonna be first on the list, I think. If Not it's anything well. if it's if it's anything like Will Jr.'s like Canadian team had it where it was Korchinski, Del Mastro, then Nolan Allen, like we have all three of those guys. If he's third in line as well in our charts, like that doesn't even go to sh- take into account like any of the other defensemen we have, like Vlasic and um fuck regular. And Gila and Ian Mitchell I, and Isaac <laughs> Phillips and yeah, Isaac Phillips, yep, Galvis. Yeah, I mean, we have so many good defensemen in, in the pipe. I mean, we have po- so many possibly good possibly. defensemen. <laughs> I think they're still good. I mean, for what the level they're playing at right now, I think they're 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 really good. I mean, Del Mastro fucking had an amazing World Juniors. He was so good out there. Um, Who else do we have? Porchinski, Vlasic, Philip Roos. He's Del Mastro, Galvis, Regula. Oh, Crevier, Crevier, Crevier. So the Hawks win two in a row. It's the first time they won back to back games since the four game win streak in October. Let's go. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
already tied um, wins for the month in all of December by January, what was it, 8th? Oh, yeah. So it's like, yep. Hey. That's just, fine. It's okay, to, it's okay to win some games every once in a we while. We got the league just where we want them. Here comes a playoff surge. Here come the Hawks, the mighty Blackhawks. Um, <laughs> all right. So, yeah. We let's got see. The Blackhawks. Three stars. Three stars of the game <laughs> of the week. Of the week. Of the week. Um, I'm going number one, Reichel. Yeah. Easily, yes. Reichel. Um, I Number think- two, Staylock. Easy. Yeah. Shut out. Two wins. And that that checks off the milestone uh, requirement that we, apparently we have with all of our three stars of the week. Someone has mm. to have a milestone. Mm-hmm. 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 Yes. We can legitimately do Domi. Yeah. Or, or we can give it to Brandon Hagel. Give it to Brandon Hagel for scoring a goal back, his first game back in Chicago, because I think it's kind of hilarious to always do a, a funny – Non-Blackhawk pick. McCabe could be one, too, like you said. Seth Jones? No. Why not? He's an all-star, <laughs> and he scored the first power play goal for a defenseman in two years. I think Seth Jones has it. Seth Jones? All right. He's an all-star. Oh, don't even say that. I all-star hate... Seth Jones. You want Chicago to get Blacks. Go Blackhawks Black All-Star Seth Jones. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're getting the show canceled right here. Holy. I didn't shit. mean to do that. Yeah. that what thing. is going on here? Whoa, 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 whoa. And you had to say. Uh, was I was going to say Chicago Blackhawks as in like our All-Star, like Chicago Blackhawks. And then I just like stuttered in my brain. Chicago Blacks. Wow. <laughs> Black Sox. Black, Black Sox. Wow. Black. Wow, Tanner. All right. 2023, man. Just no. <laughs> you want to talk about that real quick, though? Seth Jones being the all star. Yeah. How ludicrous is that? Honestly. Uh, have you heard of his trade value going up? That is all star Seth Jones. At the time that he was named all star, he was seventh in the team in points. He was yeah. leading the team as a minus 26. He's missing leading, leading the team. <laughs> seen a lot of games from injury. He got hurt. Yeah. Oh yeah, he did get hurt. That's funny. That's a broken thumb. I forgot about that. But it's Jeez. like, why? What? I don't understand. I legitimately looked when I saw the news that he was the All Star. Legitimately looked to see if I missed the Patrick Kane trade. Oh yeah, no. I legit, like was looking. I'm like, what happened here? I, but I don't so... like. I don't know who decides it, but sure. <laughs> who who would you have taken over him? Uh, Patrick Kane. Kane. Yeah. Omey. Um, Bach Taves is playing great. Yeah. Um, Jake McCabe. If you're gonna go to Halt's had to send a defenseman, he doesn't have the yeah, points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... He, doesn't have the, he doesn't have the offensive upside. That's 15 points. You need Seth Jones. You need defense in three-on-three hockey and McCabe will give you defense in three-on-three hockey. Seth Jones, 13 points, yep. Jake McCabe's got 11 points. I don't know. <laughs> they hit the same amount of goals. Like I don't understand it. Radish? I would have taken Radish. 15 points, 10 goals, 5 assists. I would have just done like Max Domi. He's leading the team in points. But 
I don't know at the time. Maybe he wasn't. Matt McCain was still leading. Yeah. But I, I mean, ooh, I mean, cool, whatever. I just, yeah, I don't understand. You can that. vote for Patrick Kane. Yeah, I think voting ends at midnight. So, uh, hope you voted. Everybody listening. Oh, does it, it end today? It's today, yeah. Damn. All right, I got a specific time, I think. Um, and then what's interesting too here is um, Mike Commodore did the updated Masters Green Jacket race. Yes. Uh, out of the seven he put up there, the Hawks represent four spots. Hell yeah, dude. Seventh place, Jonathan Taze, minus 21. Sixth place, uh, Seth Jones, minus 22. Kershev at fifth place at minus 23. Patrick Kane is in a tied for third with John Kleenberg at minus 24. Drake Batherson at minus 27. And Ryan O'Reilly is currently leading the field at minus 28. Ryan O'Reilly, former, I guess Ryan O'Reilly and Jonathan Taze are both former selfie winners, so that's kind of weird. Yeah, so... Well, well, guess what happens when you play on dog shit hockey teams? You get a lot of goals scored against you. Yeah, yeah, you get a lot of goals scored, and you, you get a chance to win your green jacket. So not a lot of hockey looking up this week. We're going to be actually recording on Monday next week. So um, only two games between now and then. Uh, on Thursday tonight, the Colorado Avalanche coming to town. They are 2016 and 3 currently sixth place in the Central Division. Um, just being riddled with injuries has just really affected the defending Stanley Cup champions. Uh, yeah, they just recently so got McKinnon back, though. They, I don't know if you – oh, actually, did you see that goal that he scored the other day? I think it was against St. Louis where he just looked like he was shot out of a cannon and then and just right? completely split the D at, like, center ice. It was insane. His new deal kicks in next year, right? Yep. Like 12.6. Oof. Yeah, I mean, I would say it's still their league to, or like, still their championship to lose. Like, the team, sure, they're not like in first place, but like we said, they've been injured so like, badly. You were saying before we were started recording, it's like, all they got to do is make the playoffs. We'll get yeah. healthy and maybe I'm make sure, a, I'm sure make, they'll get healthy. Yeah, make a move or two, get a couple extra pieces there to kind of shore up everything. Yeah. Landis Cog hasn't played a game all year. Valerian Chushkin's been in and out of the lineup with injuries. They're two points behind Edmonton for the last wild card spot. That's so silly because Edmonton's been fairly healthy besides Evander Kane, who is going to be coming back like this month. Yeah. Thought he was done for the year. Uh, you just want to move into NHL talk, then? I guess. Well, real quick here. No, because we got the, the big story um, oh, with Kaner. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Also on, I forgot. I fucking forgot to look. What day did they play Seattle? Saturday. Yes. Oh um, yeah, we were talking about games coming up this week. Yes, Seattle Saturday. Saturday. Um, Seattle's Seattle. Good. Four, twelve, and four. They're third place in the Pacific Division. They are currently, as of this moment, on a six-game heater, seven and two and one in their last ten, Jesus. and two points behind LA for the second spot in the Pacific Division. It's weird because I think last week they were like out of the wild card. Yeah. <laughs> but that just shows it's like a lot of these teams, like the the Western Conference, Edmonton's at 45 points. Then you got St. Louis at 45 points, Nashville 44, Colorado 43, fucking Vancouver's at 37. They're still like, we. I think we even said last week, you were one good week of hockey away mm-hmm. from being back in the playoffs. Yeah, pretty much. You were like, everybody's in the hunt. 
And then it's like, yeah, I mean, even uh, it's kind of separating a little bit in the East. Fucking Buffalo, man. Buffalo's still hanging in there. Seven and three in their last 10. Yeah, but what they were probably like three and seven in the previous 10. Yeah. <laughs> They're a plus 17 or a plus seven. Yeah, plus 17 goal differential, too. Fuck, man. A team that I thought it was crazy before, but man, you should look at Kane. Yeah, I mean they they could use someone like him. Kane it with Tage Thompson. I don't know if they'd put Kane with Tage Thompson. I'm just saying though, like having like that oh kind of, like like together on the same team, like I mean Kane just finding him on the power play would be just disgusting. But I think it's like is is Tage Thompson playing wing or is he playing center? That's a good question. I actually I'll just look up on their depth chart or on the cap friendly. Because legitimately, the only thing I see about Tage Thompson is when he scores fucking 12 goals a game and, like, with those stupid numbers. Step chart. Uh, oh, he's playing center. Okay, he centers Skinner and Tuck. Huh. Okay. Okay. I don't know why I thought he was playing wing. 31, but... 57 points for him this year. Jesus. Just Kane are playing. Wow, oh, yeah, I can see why they're not like that great. <laughs> they're they're legit. Their first, their first line is is playing really well, and then Dylan Cousins has got thirty nine points in thirty nine games, so that's fucking impressive. But other than that, like his right now, they have Dylan Cousins line mates as um, Rasmus Asplund and Vinny Henestroza, and they each have eight points. It's like I feel like they're just a couple pieces away. Like you get a you get a player well, like they, on that team, and you need to really, like you said, they need to build out that that top six. You can't yeah, have if he replaces. I mean, he replaces Vinny Henestrosa super easily. Yeah, and if they wanted a left wing, like I don't know who'd be available other than Max Domi, Andreas Athanasius. Right, we'll put Kane Dome. And we'll send McKay back to him so they can get a little back end help there too. I think, I mean, they're, I don't know who Matias Samuelson is actually. Oh, that's the kid that they, they signed to a new deal too. 2000, 2002, 99, 2000. Fuck. They we signed a seven year deal for like a, under 5 million. And this kid played what, less, like less than 60 games at the time. In the NHL, and he signed a seven-year deal. What the fuck? That's so weird. But yeah, they got Rasmus Dalin, who's like he having a great year. Up, is he finally living up to the hype? Forty-six points in thirty-eight games. Yeah, let's go. And then their second-line defensemen are Owen Power and Henry Yokoharu. Yokoharu. Well, yeah, all this maybe, Buffalo talk they, came. From I mean, they need goalies. Maybe they want Staylock. Yeah. All this Buffalo talking from, you know, possibly Kane going there. Well, there's a little wrench in the Kane trade trade plan here. Uh, he hurt his knee against San Jose. Oh, okay. Then re, he tried playing Tuesday against Tampa Bay, re-injured it, didn't play the complete third period of that game, didn't practice the rest of the week, didn't play Friday against Arizona, 
talked to the media Friday after the morning skate and said that, oh, I could probably play Friday. I could have played tonight, but, you know, I just want to give the extra rest. That turns into doesn't play against Calgary, which turns into him not skating with the team at all this week. He skates for 30 minutes on his own before the, the actual team practices, and he gets off. He's watching practice from the bench today to now that he's probably not going to play on Thursday tonight against Colorado. All of this is turning from a thing that I could play if I need to, mm-hmm. but I'm just trying to play it safe. And I mean, if that's in this type of season, yeah, there's no reason you're more valuable, right? Oh yeah. Not being seriously hurt, but now what is causing, you know, Joker from Dark Knight, you know, just wants to watch the world burn vibes. Elliot Friedman talks on his 32 Thoughts podcast saying that the Blackhawks are debating shutting Kane down for the year, signing him to a one-year extension, and essentially doing this whole year again where will they, won't they trade him? Uh, I don't don't know where this all came from all of a sudden. Like... This is, I mean, what I get from that, though, too, is Kane, is Kane cool with resigning for the purpose of getting traded? Yeah, like, that's... Like, is is that what the idea was this year, was, like, get traded at the deadline and then maybe sign back in Chicago? Because that's what it sounds like. If he's already cool with resigning in Chicago, then... Just resign like, already. Yeah, like it's awesome. No, 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 don't don't do that because like if you wanted to trade him oh, and then just resign him in the offseason. Gotcha. But like, like the, what we've been wanting and hopefully yeah. happening is like have him go and do a little like playoff action and then come back to Chicago and continue racking up the points in the franchise and try and become the franchise all time leader in points. So he yeah. after after Tuesday's skate, he talked to NBC Sports Chicago and here's his quote. And again, this throws up like what is like what is not being said that Friedman knows versus what's being told by like you know Kane and the Blackhawks. Kane says the last two games I probably could have played. It just uh, it's just we knew we had three games in or three days in between, so it's just better to be cautious with it and had some treatment coming in. So trying to be smart with it right now, but hopefully I'll be back soon. So it's like, how do you like hear that from? It sounds like a player who tweaks something and is just trying to get back on the back on the men and to I'm gonna shut we're shutting him down for a complete season. Yeah, but I don't. That's weird. <laughs> like I understand like not rushing back because obviously like why would you want to get re-injure or re-aggravate whatever it is yeah. on a team that is clearly not making the playoffs. And if you're going to get traded to a team that's going to make the playoffs, like you don't want to just get there and be like, Hey man, I'm fucking hurt still. So like, let's relax. And that's what I kind of, so I wrote like a little article for her hockey buzz talking about this. And I like the three, th- couple things I looked at was how is this going to f- affect any potential trades? Will teams be more hesitant to make the move on them because of the injury concern? And if they do make an offer, how much lower is the value? Are they going to lowball the Hawks for him? And two, if they're not willing to make the trade until they see him is he's healthy, he's back out there playing. Is it going to get to a point where it's too late, where all the teams are like, you know what, we can't wait any longer. 
we need to fix our holes and we need to get going? Or is Kane the type of player that these teams are willing to to take the chance and wait to see if he can have it or they can have him? I don't know. And then, <laughs> and then I also was talking about how, like, at the beginning of the season, I said that if Hawks do not trade Taves and Kane, I consider that the first failure of the Kyle Davison tenure as a GM because I thought there was more value to them being traded, getting the picks, prospects, whatever. Let's go. But right. now, as the season's gone and and seeing where the Hawks are at, the idea of him being here next year, for even if it's only till next trade deadline, and potentially having Bedard or Fantilli on the team playing with him, dude, I'll take fifty games of Keen with the, one of those guys over trading him for a first round pick that potentially could turn into somebody. I mean, if Kane, if we end up getting one of those guys and Kane just, like finishes the season out with on the Hawks, sign Kane for eight more years, bud. <laughs> <fuck it. laughs> like Kane being and and Reichel being centered by Bedard. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. oh God. Six. It's minutes. not. It's not a very big line, but I tell you what, it's gonna be fucking good. You don't have to be big when you're fucking tearing past everybody, fucking putting up goals every time you touch the puck. I mean, if. If Reichel and Kurushev just have like the chemistry that they're building, and like that's just one of the lines, and then the other line is Bedard and Kane, like great. The top, top six, six with those, good. yeah, with those, two, <laughs> and you just gotta find like get like a big piece to to protect if, each of them. If Taze can be on like one of those lines, like I I like Taze. I want him to stay in Chicago too. Oh. Like if he was the center between Reichel and Kurushev, like great if that works out. But Domi was playing okay. <laughs> <laughs> but Domi was Domi was playing great as the center for their line this uh these past few games. So it was Dude, pretty cool. If you're able to keep Taves at a cheap deal and re-sign Domi, and then you have Dome centering like or no, because Domi's center, we don't need us we only need one center. It's Bedard's center. Domi can play left. Okay, Domi, Bedard, Kane, and then Kurishev, Taze, Reichel. Yeah, that's if you want to keep Domi. I'd fuck I'd fuck with those. I'd fuck those. I'd fuck yeah. with those six, that top six. Let's go. It'd be pretty nasty. But yeah, it's going to be good to build around. So playing armchair GM real quick here, what would you do in the situation? Would you, would you shut Kane down thinking you, as long as he's got the extension in place, would you still try to try to I would still him? try to move him? Yeah. Because even if he shut down until the playoffs, like you get Kane at playoff time, I don't see how this could this could be something that lasts all the way until like mid April. If anything, I could see this helping him his trade value more because you're getting yeah. rested Kane. Rested Kane, plus you don't have to like if even if we were to like you don't have to do, do any cap management if it's a play if, if he's hurt till playoffs. Like you don't have to take on like bad contracts. You don't have to do all this other like cap maneuvering because like his deal if anything is if it's on LTIR like, it's like you a, can just move that and then when it's playoff time L, the fucking cap doesn't matter do you remember last time game was hurt going into the playoffs yeah workouts want to stand like up that's right you want to hurt and we got Antoine we got Antoine Vermette yeah. and you know who that didn't like that. it the Tampa Bay Lightning that was actually so Kane missing that game on Friday was the first game he missed for a not like he missed five games for COVID 
but yeah. that was the first injury he's missed since he broke his collarbone in 2015. Oh, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> so he's been he's been pretty healthy and there's I can't see this hurting his value, but if if teams are lowballing the Hawks because they think, oh, he's hurt, we can, you know, we don't want to pay full price for him. Fuck that. Keep him at yeah. that point. There's no reason to sell. I'd rather lose. Uh, I mean, if you're able to get anything, like if, okay, if no. you if if there's like a, if there is a way or we already know for sure that he's gonna re-sign in the offseason, trade him for anything. Who cares? Having getting like assets back is great. And then you it's just whatever bidding war, like whoever the fucking wants to bid the most. I think the only though him re-signing the offseason is if he gets shut down. That's the discussion right now, is that the Hawks would re-sign right. him. Which it doesn't make sense. Like to resign him right now because he's not gonna play the rest of the year. It's shut down or something. I don't know. Like that's why it's like I don't doesn't understand what is being dis- like why it's being discussed. Yeah, what is what is this injury though? It's a knee injury, I believe. Yeah, but like if it's is it that bad that it, like he's done for the rest of the year? But that's what I don't understand because he keeps saying he could be playing. He really listen. Yeah, right. Like that's what I'm. That's what's confusing. Like I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand how you go from one to another. Like one minor thing to such a fucking extreme on the other end weird yeah but um yeah that's all i got for nh or hawks talk okay oh Salak's <laughs> probably so Salak's probably going to be missing on thursday with non-covid related injury uh illness illness um brett Cini was sent down and they called up jackson dauber dauber so Mrazic will probably get the net against Colorado, so that's going to probably be fine. I don't know, actually. Yeah, Mrazic's been playing all right. So yeah, no, Mrazic's been playing well. Stalock's been playing well. The stats don't show it because the Hawks don't score. Um. All right. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, yeah. Seattle. Seattle's going to probably be the tougher game because we beat them, and they're probably pissed about it still. Yeah, <laughs> Stalock should be back by that too. Yeah, I would assume, unless he's, like, still sick. I mean, this, this whole thing is just, like, if you're injured or you're sick, like, don't worry about it. <laughs> we're, not out here, we're not out here trying to win games. Don't rush it. <laughs> um, all right, NHL Talk, we already mentioned Evander Kane. Uh, yeah. They're shooting for January 20th for his return from that nasty cut on his when, wrist. When we were talking to JR. That Jeremy Roenick broke the news for us, which is still probably one of my favorite moments of this podcast history. <laughs> it's, it's so crazy to me, either if it's medical technology or just like how quick like these players are able to heal because of just how like they're just, built. They're freaks. They're freaks. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's been like, it's only been like a month right now. <laughs> right? Because like, yeah, cause when that did was he, like, that was the that beginning was like of December? Early- no, that was like no. So it's been like two months. That was like early mid November. See, Evander. Oh, it was it was early November. Never mind. I don't know why I thought it was last month. But still, so it's, been, it's been two months, and then his seems... estimated return is on like the twentieth. So it's been like it'll be like two and a half months at that point. That's the and for an injury where it was like life threatening. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's ah, so bro. crazy to think about to me too, because like. I'm just thinking about like how his like those tendons and all those that muscles that work in that, you in that got, like, area. You how to use your hand a little bit too, like yeah, like 
And he's just like, yeah, well, I'm, I'm coming back <laughs> this year. Like, okay, sounds good. He's going to probably score a goal in his first fucking game back. Got to make his bookies happy. Um, Vancouver so Canucks. Yeah. Talk about milestones, baby. Most multi-goal blown leads through 40 games all time with their eighth blown lead. It's such a weird milestone stat because it's like so cherry picked of the time, like four through 40 games, <laughs> not like a season, not even half a season, but 40 games. I wonder what like the season record is. Oh, well. Ooh, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's so, it sucks to be Vancouver fans because it's like, you're not good enough to compete, but you're good enough to, compete yourself right out of like decent draft position and it's like you kind of like don't have that opportunity to to make moves in the in the lottery because i don't think you, right now i don't think they can go to one where they're sitting. uh where they're sitting they oh i have it right here um so what is it the 10 top 10 right i think so bottom 10 vancouver's yeah they they, they could make it to one. Oh, they can well is there they're like seventh or eighth. Oh shit! All right. Yeah, they're seventh right now. They're twenty sixth in the league. Yeah, they're out. It would be that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, Florida. Florida's the team that wouldn't be able to get number one. They're the first. And one I'm not hoping they're ha- and they're they're probably hoping that happens since Montreal has their pick. Oh, true. Montreal has that pick and it's not protected because yeah, it was the like, Florida. They're not, yeah, they're not even good, man. They, they trade away Huberto and Weger for Kachuk, and we're like, yep, that makes us better. They fumbled the bag on that one. Yeah. But, it, I mean, it gives them more flexibility in the future, I think. So, And it gives them a guy that they can look for that's going to be definitely better in six years versus Huberto. So. Oh, NHL talk for that. Florida, and they're hosting the All-Star game. Speaking of All-Star game, did you oh, see yeah? some of the stuff that they're talking about for the fucking skills competition? Wasn't it like shooting like pucks at crocodiles or some shit? Frozen hamburgers at <laughs> frozen crocodiles. hamburgers. Uh, golf hockey hybrid events, like, like a Happy Gilmore. Dude, somebody's gonna fucking like lose their hand chub style in this, like, and it's gonna probably be Zegers because he's gonna Vander Kane. Wrapped the bow on it. Um. I think Zegers would be too scared to get anywhere near a crocodile. Yeah, he was afraid of the teddy bear. That That's Shad right. I was gonna say, <laughs> Shad, Shad Kirk scared him in the teddy bear costume. So. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, so that'll be... Um, and the, the league jerseys potential for the All-Star Game 2 is like the old school Western Eastern Conference style with like the black, teal, and pink colorway. Oh, God, those are fucking filthy. Yeah. Not wait to rock a Seth Jones one. Um, <laughs> it's like is something wrong with your face. <laughs> Seth Jones. Uh. But no, it's awesome. Like, I hope they kind of go back to that old school style. Yeah. A little bit well, more. well, when you were mentioning milestones like Vancouver, I was also thinking of the other milestone that guy hit recently with Connor McDavid. Oh, yeah, that I fucking even talked about, asked you about before we recorded. There yeah. He did lately. He hit 500 assists and became, what was it, the sixth quickest player to 500 assists, I believe. I think it's six. It's definitely it's definitely top seven. Yeah. Um, 
he has 500 right now he has 501 assists in 529 games like how fucking stupid is that it's so stupid oh and dry will hit career point uh career assist number 400 in the same game wow cool you too your team sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Your team's bad. How can you have two of the best players in the league and be so bad still? My favorite is there's um on Reddit. It was either the NHL Reddit or the hockey Reddit. And uh somebody had posted like just a it's just like a photo meme where it's like a like a trailer with like a Bugatti in the, the carport and it's like McDavid and Dry Saddle are the Bugatti and, and the trailer is the Edmonton Oilers. It's like this is this franchise. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> oh man um yeah do you have anything else for nhl talk not really i mean there were, i think what was it matthews and marner each hit oh marner 500, like 500 points points yeah 500 points like that's pretty everybody's getting 500s all around it's crazy Dude, that mcdavid mcdavid's only been in the league what a year longer than matthews and he's at 500 assists yeah and matthews is at 500 points mcdavid's gonna be the next the second 2000 point player isn't he i think he can be it it should have been crosby crosby missed like two full years and still came back and all right dominant but just wasn't the way he used to be talk about the perfect transition so we'll wrap this up with my riding pine question i heard kind of questions on another show and i thought look let's talk about it you could give one player a career redo. Who would it be? Um, either Lindros or Crosby. And in the show I was listening to, they said that they would love to give um, Aaron Hernandez a career redo. Oh Jesus! Yeah, okay, I saw that too. That was fucking hilarious. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I Crosby, Lindros. Honestly, I would probably throw Taves in there too. I mean, he. Yeah, to kick off. I don't. Yeah. And and I'm talking about like a clean slate. Like he goes back to where he was when he was drafted, and that's before his illness and all that kind of stuff. And ooh, would you give him a career redo? Redo. No, and let them having them knowing what was going on in their career, so they can adjust stuff to prevent to protect themselves going forward. Like Crosby, like keep your head up a little bit more or like, you know, like, I don't know, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you have that. Like don't come back too quickly when you had that first concussion. Yeah. Stuff like that. Like you have the knowledge. It's like, the whole I would just, like I would just assume that it wasn't like a replay of in every inch for inch of like what they played. Well, no, but I'm saying though, it's like if yeah, career do with the knowledge of knowing, like knowing Crosby, knowing. don't fucking get a concussion. <laughs> And if you do, I know phrasing. Fuck it, I fucked the phrasing up on that. I know, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I mean, with the knowledge of like what happened, I don't know. I feel like that's just getting too philosophical. Well, no, I think too. Like, I just think though, like you said though, it's like go back. All right, cool, redo. If I get another concussion, hey, fucking, if I get a concussion, take the time, let it heal right the first time. Don't fucking rush back. Lindros, just play for Quebec. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see what Quebec wanted from Detroit for Lindros? Because there was talks of Detroit trading for him. No, and I didn't. It was a package that included um, Zetterberg, 
or not Zetterberg, Geiserman and Lind- uh, Lindros. Wait, what? In Lidstrom? Yeah. Geiserman and Lindstrom? Yeah. I mean, the package that Philly sent was like Forsberg and someone else. So, I mean, it was a, a million players, but Forsberg was a part of it. Like, it was just like, can you imagine if Detroit did that and they lose like two of them, like one of the most iconic players? That pretty much looked, tortured Chicago. I mean, I what ifs, know. man? What ifs? What ifs? Just seeing this post from Charlie Rumeliotis about Staylock being out because of illness, and apparently Scott Foster was on oh, the yeah. for practice. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> like Charlie, so guy, man. Mm-hmm. But all right, I got nothing else. Yeah, I don't think I mean the World Juniors finished. That was about it. Canada won, surprise, surprise. Yeah. US won bronze, eight seven in overtime. Jesus. Yeah, they lost to Canada six to two. They were up two to one. Woo. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I did like oh, just Bedard real quick. I like the fact that like they wanted to ask him about him right away, and he was like, "This isn't about me. Let's not talk about me at all. Like we just won." This like, is why hockey players are so much better than every other athlete. That's why, I, like, the kid's got his head on right, you know. <laughs> Feed me Bedard. I want him on Chicago. Yeah, he's gonna fucking Michigan for his first goal. <laughs> How nasty would that be if that was your first goal in the NHL? I saw somebody say, like, can you imagine the Flyers somehow win the first overall pick in that first game of Bedard being coached by Torts? Torts might quit on the spot if they drafted. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know why I just thought of this, too. Like, Ovechkin goes for, like, the <laughs> the milestone goal and fucking the first time ever he does the Michigan. How sick would that be? Oh, my God. Let's go. That would be awesome. Oh, I want Ovechkin to do something very like on Ovechkin, like for his record. It's gonna be an empty netter. <laughs> He's at eight oh nine right now. Twenty nine goals for the season, dude. He... He's gonna do good, just good enough this season to make us all think that he can do it next year. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it's going to come down to the wire next year. And then I gonna... think it's going to be – I still am standing. It's going to be early 2024-2025 season. Yeah. Maybe November. Especially now, but it's, especially now that he's got Backstrom back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy because he was possibly not even going to Return. come back. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, we'll wrap this up. Episode be on the lookout. Episode 208. What do you want to call it, Tanner? Uh, welcome to the Reichel show. Let's go. <laughs> I actually had that written down. So <laughs> did you really? Yeah. I was like, oh, if he's not prepared, I got one. But all right, episode two eight. Welcome to the Reichel show. Um, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcast. Follow us all there. Five star review on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Thumbs up on YouTube. Um, social media WCB Podcast. And yeah, we will. We'll see you on the next one. All right. Love you, boys. Bye.
Thanks for listening to the WCB Podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast. To connect with Jerem and Tanner, check out the boys at WCB Podcast on all social media. We'll see you next time.